This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 188 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, Announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1992. Martin premiered on August 27, 1992 at 8.30 p.m., a rare Fox hit at the time, a vehicle for comic Martin Lawrence, who plays a disc jockey at a Detroit radio station. He lives with girlfriend and later wife, Gina, Tisha Campbell. Martin's friends include Cole, Carl Anthony Payne II, a dimwit, Tommy, Thomas Mikkel Ford, the voice of reason, and Pam, Tishina Arnold, Gina's co-worker and Tommy's boyfriend. Co-workers include Sean, John Grease, he's the station engineer, and Stan, Garrett Morris, Martin's boss. Also on the series, Bruhman, Reginald Ballard, a neighbor, Hustleman, a pre-30 Rock Tracy Morgan, a local scammer, Martin moved from DJ to local talk show host, which meant more characters, Gloria, Angelina Estrada, his new boss, Bernice, Kimberly Newberry, a producer. Martin played other characters in heavy makeup, a callback to his Big Mama film role. We covered Martin Lawrence on episode 80 for What's Happening Now, Carl Anthony Payne II on episode 123 for That Pudding Guys show, Garrett Morris on episode 69 for Rollout, and we'll cover Tashina Arnold and Tracy Morgan down the road for their better-known roles. Tisha Campbell got her start as a child actress in the 70s, doing kids' shows, Kids Are People 2, Captain Kangaroo, and later got the role of a backup singer in the film version of Little Shop of Horrors. Other films, House Party, Another 48 Hours, Boomerang, but most of her work has been on TV. Rags to Riches, Cousin Skeeter, My Wife and Kids, All of Us, Everybody Hates Chris, Rita Rocks, The Protector, Dr. Ken, Empire, The Bold and the Beautiful, Last Man Standing, Outmatched, Upcoupled, with voice work on Legends of Chamberlain Heights, Craig of the Creek, Inside Job, and is currently playing Tawny Young on HBO Max's, now Max's, Harley Quinn. Campbell has also produced multiple albums. Thomas Bacall Ford was doing TV guest roles by the mid-80s, recurring or a regular on Singer and Sons, New York Undercover, The Parkers, Who's Got Jokes, Beauty and the Baller, and films Harlem Nights, Who Did I Marry, Conflict of Interest. Ford passed in 2016. John Grease was doing films by age 11. His father was writer-slash-director-slash-producer Tom Grease, Films include More American Graffiti, Real Genius, The Grifters, Get Shorty, Men in Black, Napoleon Dynamite, and the animated series of that, and Taken, along with TV's Beverly Hills 90210, The Pretender, Lost, The Bridge, 
Dream Corp LLC, and The White Lotus, winning a SAG award. Reginald Ballard got a full college scholarship for football at Southern Methodist along with a theater major. He walked away from NFL offers to act in films Menace to Society and Horrible Bosses, along with TV's True Colors, The Show, The Burning Mac Show, Crumbs, and According to Him Plus Her. Angelina Estrada appeared in films Up in Smoke, Ghost, and Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. She passed in 2005. Kimberly Newberry appeared in films The American President, Traffic, and a lot of TV guest spots. As mentioned, Martin was a hit, at least for Fox, hitting number 41 in the ratings in year one, 2.0 on the Bazinga scale, then slowly dropping over five seasons. The final season involved a lawsuit. Tisha Campbell, who you may remember played Martin's TV wife, sued Lawrence and the producers for sexual harassment and physical assault. She basically disappeared from the final season with the lame excuse that she was out of town on business. She finally agreed to return in the final episode, although they arranged for her never to appear on camera alongside her TV husband. The show won the People's Choice Award in Season 1 as favorite TV new comedy series. It bounced around from syndication to TV1, USA, VH1, MTV2, and BET, finally winding up on Max, where I watched an episode. The opening hip-hop theme shows the cast in primary colors. Martin's not happy that Gina helped him get a job or that she wants her space. Lawrence's characters are the definition of broad. We get a fake cop, as an example, with a split-screen effect. The show is reminiscent of The Simpsons, with side characters brought in for their catchphrase. The whole show is very loud. We do get some early 90s tech. Martin cleaning his CD collection. Remember when you used to do that? Gina working on a laptop the size of a suitcase. It's a Fox show, so we don't get out of the episode without a... Bob premiered on CBS on September 13, 1992 at 8.30 p.m., a show that seemed to be aimed directly at me. A TV legend returns in a show about the comic book industry. Bob Newhart tries for his third brass ring after two hit shows, episodes 64 and 113. Of course, he's still playing Bob, a man, in this case, who gave up his dream career as a comic book artist decades ago, getting a job at a greeting card company, which he hates. Now, with the comic book industry in the middle of a renaissance, spoiler, it doesn't last, a publisher wants to bring back Bob's character, Mad Dog. He partners with Ace Comics' Harlan Stone, John Segan, who wants to take Mad Dog from straight-laced 50s superhero to 90s edgy vigilante. Bob initially refuses, but his wife Kay, Carlene Watkins, gets him to compromise. 
Bob's ditzy adult daughter, Tricia, Cynthia Stevenson, later gets a job at the publisher working alongside geeky gopher Albie, Andrew Bilgore, hippie inker Chad, Timothy Fall, curmudgeon artist Iris, Ruth Cobert. The team all work for the conglomerate that owns Ace Comics and Can Tran Con Comco. In the tradition of Carlton, your doorman, and Niles's Maris, we never see, only hear, Mr. Turhorst, Michael Kumsky, via a speakerphone, or Bob's company-provided cell phone, an updated take on Newhart's classic telephone routines. Trisha's roommate, Kathy, is played by Lisa Kudrow, who, as we know, is just about to break out into stardom. After lackluster ratings in the first season, more about that in a moment, the show takes a sharp U-turn. Anne Can Tran Con Comco is sold to a millionaire who hates comic books and Ace's staff is fired. Bob is forced to go back to the greeting card job he hates. He's given the job of president by the wife of his old boss, played by the first lady of television, Betty White. This is not good news for her son Pete, played by Jerry Burns, who assumed he would get the job. Megan Cavanaugh plays the bookkeeper, and Eric Allen Kramer, a man on the production team. We covered Carlene Watkins on episode 106 for Best of the West, Ruth Cobert on episode 152 for First Impressions, Jerry Burns on episode 153 for Dear John, and we'll cover Cynthia Stevenson when we get to her better-known series. You'll have to go all the way back to Episode 9 and Life with Elizabeth to see the start of Betty White's career. This is not the last we'll hear of her. John Segan was better known for his voice work in films Cars, Horton Hears a Who, Up, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Toy Story 3, The Despicable Me franchise, Inside Out, video games in franchises Star Wars, Metal Gear Solid, EverQuest, World of Warcraft, Marvel, Medal of Honor, Command and Conquer, Halo, Final Fantasy, Red Dead Redemption, and TV's Space Strikers, Mater's Tall Tales, and Regular Show. He appeared in live action on The Commish, seeking past in 2017. Andrew Bilgore has been all over TV in guest roles since the early 90s. He had a recurring role on Me and the Boys, appearing in films for the boys, and National Lampoon's Van Wilder. Timothy Fall would go on to Pigsty and Good Company. He also wrote episodes of Sullivan and Son. Michael Cumsty is best known for his stage work in Broadway's The Heiress, 1776, Electra, Copenhagen, 42nd Street, Enchanted April, Democracy, Sunday in the Park with George, End of the Rainbow with a Tony Nom. His films include Fatal Instinct, The Ice Storm, Flags of Our Fathers, Eat, Pray, Love, and TV's L.A. Law, All My Children, Boardwalk Empire, and Severance with a SAG nom. Megan Cavanaugh started at the top with a role in A League of Their Own and the short-run TV series that followed it. Other films, Junior, Robin Hood Men in Tights, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, Meet the Deedles, Ted, Miss Congeniality 2. She had TV roles on Home Improvement X's and O's with voice work on The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, Tack and the Power of Juju, Winx Club, and Cars on the Road. Eric Allen Kramer is the guy you call when you want a big man. His dad was a Canadian footballer and Eric worked as a fight choreographer. 
One of his first roles was playing Thor in an Incredible Hulk TV movie. Other TV work? Down Home, The Hughleys, Hollywood Residential, Good Luck Charlie, Mike and Molly, Lodge 49, with films Robin Hood Men in Tights, True Romance, American Wedding, and Atlas Shrugged. As mentioned before, Bob did not do well in the ratings. It was part of an effort by CBS to fight ABC's TGIF, alongside shows The Golden Palace, which we'll get to soon, and existing hits Major Dad and Designing Women. This move killed both of the existing sitcoms, and as we'll learn, Golden Palace didn't make it either. In an attempt to save Bob, the show was moved to a better slot on Monday night with the aforementioned U-turn, but all for naught. The rejiggered Bob ran for five more episodes, with three more never aired. The show really got into the minutia of comics. Perhaps aiming the show solely at me wasn't a good rating strategy. One episode includes guest stars Bob Kane, the co-creator of Batman, Jack Kirby, Captain America, New Gods, Jim Lee, X-Men, Image Comics, DC President, and Mark Silvestri, Image CEO, while another storyline involves Bob's fictional comic book buddies and their regular card game. Bill Daly, from The Bob Newhart Show, plays Vic Victor, who drew Fizzy. Steve Lawrence plays Don Palmero, artist of Tales Beneath the Tomb. Tom Poston, from Newhart, plays Jerry Fleischer, artist of The Silencer. And Dick Martin, a regular director of Bob's episodes, plays Buzz Loudermilk, artist of Katie Carter, Army Nurse. We see archival footage of Bob at the 1950s Senate hearings on comic books, which turns out to be the reason he originally left the business. Marvel even published a Mad Dog miniseries, which I own, Natch, showing classic and modern tales in a flipbook format. The show isn't available for streaming, so it's good I ripped my complete series DVD to my Plex media server. The opening theme for season one is generic bombastic superhero music with Bob working at his writing desk. Season two is the same theme in a romantic style, showing a greeting card displaying the episode title. I watched the pilot and the Poker Buddies episode. Bob's halting delivery is still the best. Cynthia Stevenson is a revelation. She will go on to a hit series from the same producers. Bob's co-workers' performances are top-notch, Poston's character is dealing with his wife leaving him that day, and tries to hit on Kay instead. More of 1992 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.